So in the last month, the growth's just gone a bit crazy and it's gone from like $400 to, yeah, like $1,300. And suddenly it's like, oh, this is actually paying my rent. Like I can, I could, in theory, take this out as dividends. I'm not bothering because I'm already freelancing and stuff with software, but it's like, it's suddenly like this is makes a tangible difference to my life. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka. Now, if you're hearing this, it means you're not currently on our subscriber feed. To subscribe, go to getlatka.com. When you subscribe, you won't hear ads like this one. You'll get the full interviews. Right now, you're only hearing partial interviews. And you'll get interviews three weeks earlier from founders, thinkers, and people I find interesting. Like Eric Wan, 18 months before he took Zoom public. We got to grow faster, minimum is 100% over the past several years. Or bootstrap founders like Vivek of Question Pro. When I started the company, it was not cool to raise. Or Looker CEO Frank Bean before Google acquired his company for $2.6 billion. You want to see a real pervasive data culture, and then the rest flows behind that. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. There, you'll find a private RSS feed that you can add to your favorite podcast listening tool, along with other subscriber-only content. Now look, I never want money to be the reason you can't listen to episodes. On the checkout page, you'll see an option to request free access. I grant 100% of those requests, no questions asked. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Andy Cloak. He's a freelance software developer building profitable tools on the side. In 2020, he bootstrapped and eventually sold a TikTok marketing platform called Influence Grid. He's now working on datafetcher.io, a low-code Airtable app that lets you run API requests. He's bootstrapped to 10000 bucks in ARR over the past four months. Andy, you ready to take us to the top? Yeah, Nathan, happy to be here. Yeah, I'm thrilled you're here. I mean, you are, if I could spend all my days and all my time with one kind of founder, it would be the one that's always launching side projects, growing from nothing to 100,000 bucks in AR and then selling it and then moving on to the next idea. So you're my people. I'm excited you're here. Thanks. All right. So let's let's work backwards. So you're working on Data Fetcher today. It sounds like you started on this idea four months ago. Yeah, that's right. So I launched in uh, November, started a couple of months before that. Okay. And the what were you building for your own need here? How do you think about what new side ideas you work on? Uh, yeah, so I've got a kind of framework that I kind of follow that's basically taking like an existing tool or an existing kind of profitable mm-hmm. business and then trans like basically taking that and then applying it to like a growing platform. Um, so both the projects I've done that I've actually made some money from, um, the first one was basically taking tools that work for Instagram and building them for TikTok. And then this one... Um, I got the original inspiration from like a Google Sheets add-on and we're basically just applying the same kind of tool to Airtable um, and making it kind of more kind of Airtable native. So that's kind of the ideation process um, and just then just like getting into like a growing kind of platform and, and riding the wave basically. And you're, it's so much more refreshing talking to you than like a YC founder who will come on and say, we're changing the world. We've invented this new way to do something. And you're saying, look, I just look at what worked on Google Sheets and now I'm going to do it for the Airtable app store. Yeah, I think that's probably the the lazy developer mindset rather than uh, <laughs> trying to be Jesus. <laughs> I think it's smart, right? I think I think if you're optimizing for a life where you've got freedom, flexibility, you don't care about raising VC, this is a great, great model. So kudos to you for just calling it what it is, which is looking at what works and copying it with a new angle. So uh, what was there a particular Google Sheets add-on that inspired you that you're now replicating for Airtable? 
Uh, yeah, so there's one that's called API Connector, um, and I saw their product on page. Um, it's made by uh, a lady called Anna, who's now uh, kind of a, a contact of mine. So um, she basically built this this um, add-on. Um, I think she's got like 150,000 users. She's got some massive companies using it and stuff. Um, so I saw that, and then I had actually run into the problem on Airtable. Um, so I had actually, I was an Airtable user. I tried to pull in like financial data and found it was a really like complicated process. So that when I saw her uh, Google Sheets add-on, the penny just dropped, and I thought, why not build this for Airtable? Um, but when I launched my product on Product Hunt, I gave her a shout out. I said, full credit. This is where I got the full idea from. Um, and I've, I've not just kind of copied it screen for screen. I've actually built other features that she's then copied into her app and stuff. So we've actually got a really nice working relationship now where we're both kind of building tangentially for different platforms and helping each other out. There's an important lesson there, though, which is, you know, it's not always about waiting on and waiting years and years until you come up with a perfect brand new idea no one's done before, right? Um, the, the, you know, very, very rarely is that the case. What's more frequent is you copy something that works and then add your own spin to it. So it's nice to see you doing that and crediting the original creator. That's the right way to do it. Talk to me today, you know, d- dumb it down for me, right? So I use Airtable a ton. If we have listeners right now who are not developers, how could they use your tool? Yeah, sure. Um so yeah, the high level, so an API is just the way that kind of website sends structured data to each other. So for example, if you have subscriptions in Stripe, Stripe make available an API for you to get a list of those subscriptions. Um, what my tool lets you do um, is very similar to something like Zapier or Integromat, is set up those API calls. You kind of put in uh, the URL um, and you put in, you can configure things like headers and stuff like that, which is um, getting a bit te- technical, but basically just lets Stripe know that you're who you say you are. So it's kind of authorization. You can set all that up in DataFetcher, my app, and then you can click run and you're going to pull in or post out any kind of data that you want to, depending on what API you're hitting. Um, that's the kind of the high level um, way that it works. Um, and then within that, you can do kind of stuff like pagination. So fetching multiple pages of data, um, referencing your table or, or your um, base in your request. So for example, if you had a list of Stock tickers, you might want to call the price, fetch the price for each of those stock tickers. Interesting. So my current way of solving this, when I want to you know, take everyone that is paying for Latka magazine, uh, that is via Stripe, right? So they pay 29 bucks a month and I will just export from Stripe under subscriptions in an Excel file, then reformat and re-upload as a new worksheet on Airtable as a CSV. You're basically saying your tool save me those two steps. I can just use it in Airtable and do it all via API requests. Yeah, exactly. I've actually got a YouTube video on exactly that use case of so pulling in all your Stripe uh, subscriptions, um, pulling them in as like currency fields, and then working out your maybe your monthly revenue or something based on that. Um, or you could do it for payments. Uh, you can set that um, to schedule. So if you upgrade to a paid account, you can then say run this every Monday at nine o'clock or whatever, or, or every hour, depending on you know how, how frequently you want to pull in that data. I love the specificity of the use case and that you know the use case. See, it's not like an accident. Like you built a YouTube video for it. You're clearly identified like a mousetrap here, high utility value. Let's say I start using you for that exact purpose. When will I see a paywall? What, what do I hit? Uh, so it's a freemium model. Um, so there's, you can get 100 requests a month for free. And then beyond that, it kind of scales with usage. Um, and that has been quite a nice usage metric to kind of you know track people and, and drive them through the upgrades. Um, and then the only other thing that's paid um, is scheduled requests. So if you want to just manually click run and fetch that data, that's completely free. Um, if you then want to say, as I said, like run this every Monday um, and schedule it, that's a paid feature as well. 
I love this. Okay. And how many customers are paying today? Uh, so I'm on 51 customers. 51 customers. That's great. And what are they paying on average per month? Uh, so on average, it's $25. He, you have your metrics board up. You, you listen to the podcast. You're expecting all these questions, aren't you? Yeah, 100%. All right. So 51 customers, 25 bucks a month. You're doing about what? 1,275 bucks a month, something like that. Yeah. Just, just over over that. But yeah, pretty much. And get personal with me here for a second. Andy, what's that mean for you as a founder right now, your current living situation? Have you minimized expenses? Like is a grand a month meaningful for you? Uh, Yeah, it is. I mean, it's the first time. So in the last month, the growth's just gone a bit crazy and it's gone from like $400 to yeah, like 1300. And suddenly it's like, Oh, this is actually paying my rent. Like I can, I could in theory take this out as dividends. I'm not bothering because I'm already freelancing and stuff with software, but it's like, it's suddenly like, this is makes a tangible difference to my life. But what has to, I mean, can I ask you when you ignore all your SaaS revenue, your freelance revenue, like how much will you do in a month in, in freelance revenue usually? Uh, probably around 8,000 uh, pounds. So maybe like 12, $15,000. Yep. Yep. And how do you get that business? Do you use like Upwork and TopTal these things or it's individual clients that you know personally? Uh, so it's a mixture of like contracts in where you're on like three month contracts on a day, right? And then mm-hmm. I'm also doing some freelance ear table app development, um, kind of like fixed price stuff as well. Um, and, so yeah, some And what has to happen with this SaaS tool in terms of a revenue target where you don't need to do the freelance stuff anymore? I mean, do you just want to, if it gets up to 10, 15 grand a month recurring revenue, then you stop freelance and you go all in on this tool? Exactly that. I think I'd probably do it sooner, maybe if it gets to like five or 6,000 a month and I've got savings and it's growing and I can work out, you know, in three months, this is going to be on 10,000 or something. And I just live off savings for a few months. So yeah. um, Yeah. Five. Between five and 10, I think, is, is a sweet spot to go. Wait, so like let's, and you bootstrapped this, right? You haven't raised? Yeah. And is it just you right now? Yeah. Amazing. The, the one person, one grand a month side project with potential to be much bigger. So let's brainstorm together real quick. I mean, what's the next step? How do you take this from, you know, a grand a month, two grand a month to up to 10, 15 grand a month? What has to happen? Um, so I think the hardest bit is working out the cust- the target customer. So with Airtable, because it's a completely horizontal tool, the use cases are just all over the place. And even for my tool, I mentioned the Stripe one, that's quite a nice self-contained one. But like the other stuff I'm seeing is um, like when I try and do customer development, it's people that run like vacation homes or um, garages or like it's just like all over the place. So the hardest bit is just trying to find like the repeatable target customers that I can then do content marketing towards. Um, so a recent one I did is crypto and that's working quite nicely and just went through like six different crypto APIs and made a YouTube video on each of them. I think the next one is probably like marketing. So going after people doing like Facebook ads reporting and like AdWords and stuff like that. So it's basically just speaking to customers, looking at the analytics and people's usage and then like tailoring content marketing towards them. Um, until a month ago, I was doing like all development. So I've only just switched into kind of marketing mode and like pumping out YouTube videos and stuff. And so far the signs are pretty good. Like I've had, I said I did the crypto ones and I've had like a few people crypto people like convert and actually start paying. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's just a case of doing that like vertical by vertical and going through customer personas. How many people that hit the hundred requests per month limit, what percent of them convert to paid versus they just stop using it once they hit the limit? Uh, Do you know? I'm not sure on that. Um, it's okay. I know the overall rate is like four to 5%. So of people that just sign up as a user, yeah. 
customers is like five percent i haven't got any more granular than that um in terms of like what's prompting the upgrade or yeah what points upgrade do you know currently how many customers are on the platform? Sorry, sorry, users that are not paying that are on the platform that are like very close to hitting a hundred like API calls per month, hitting that limit. And uh, again, I haven't got that yeah. into those analytics, but That's okay. I've thought about maybe trying to do like prompts or something like that. So if someone hits a hundred, doesn't come back to it like ever or for a week or something, then just send in an email out saying maybe just like here's twenty percent off or you know here's like a limited time off or something, just trying to get a bit more value from those people or pull a Dropbox and say, invite three of your friends in and we'll unlock a hundred extra credits for you per month. Yeah. That's some sort of referral thing. Yeah. Yeah. This is really, this is really interesting. Um, I mean, some of the largest come, I mean, you should study, have you studied the Supermetrics interview that I did? You would love that one. Yeah. I've listened to that like three times. Okay. Amazing. I was about to say like, you remind me so much of that crew, like in their very early days, because they were so focused on a Google sheet and Excel sort of add on VBA code. They rode that for a while. And before you know it, it's a $40 million a year business with a $450 million valuation. I see so many of those same traits uh, in, in sort of what you're building. So this is really interesting. Um, how do you, you know, one of the things that can trip folks up in your shoes is you, your API tool could be used for so many things. It's hard to figure out what to say no to. So, so how are you figuring out what use cases to say no to? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, at the moment when I basically, some people, yeah, will email saying, can I use it for this? And I'll go and have a look at the API docs and it would like, it's just going to require like five features if it's even possible at all and like there's a lot of like very dated apis um that just work in like really peculiar ways um mm -hmm. and yeah often those it's just a case of being like telling them to use like another use case another way or like yeah just basically like unless a feature request comes up twice i'm not really building it i think that's kind of yeah. my rule of thumb at the moment there you go. Super easy, straight and to the point. This is great. Let's wrap up here, Andy, with the famous five. Number one, favorite business book? Uh, Blue Ocean Strategy. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Uh, Tyler King from Lesson 9 CRM. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building data fetcher? Uh, it's probably Heroku. I was going to say, you can't, you can't say Airtable. <laughs> yeah, I need to <laughs> number number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Uh, seven. seven. Okay. And what's your situation? Married, single, kiddos? I am in a relationship. No okay. Idea. No kids? No kids. All right. And how old are you? How old am I? Yep. Uh, 27. 27. Last question. What's something you wish you knew when you were 20? I uh, just learned marketing. I spent way too long just head down coding and didn't realize until I started doing my first projects how much there is to learn in the marketing world. Datafetcher.io, it's a tool that you can use inside of your error table to quickly do use API requests to pull in things like Stripe data. He does freelance dev work on the side doing 10, 15 grand a month and said, you know what, let me build this tool. The tool now has 51 paying customers. It's pure SaaS doing $1,200 a month in revenue, all bootstrapped, one man team. He says if it gets five, six, seven grand a month in revenue, he'll go all in full time. I'm going to be a user. I hope you guys do too. Andy, thanks for taking us to the top. Thanks, Nathan. Cheers.